I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, I'm Dr. Samantha Ege. And in this Barbican podcast, The Music of the Black Renaissance, we're exploring classical music composers from this era with a focus on their piano music. Although the Black Renaissance marks a unique period in American history, its influences travel further, especially when it comes to the classical music that emerged from this period. In this episode, we'll be focusing on its British and Canadian founding fathers. We begin with the British Samuel Coleridge Taylor and the Canadian Robert Nathaniel Dett, both of whom developed a musical style that would go on to inspire the next generation of African-American composers. We'll begin with Samuel Coleridge Taylor, the earlier of the two composers. Coleridge Taylor was born in 1875 and died in 1912. He was a mixed-race composer, violinist and conductor of both English and Sierra Leonean descent. During his tragically short time on this earth, Coleridge Taylor made waves in the British classical scene. He studied at the Royal College of Music, counting Gustav Holst and Vaughan Williams among his classmates. Coleridge Taylor began to focus his attentions more on composition than performance, arriving at a mature voice that had resonances of Brahms, Grieg and Dvorak. And the American press regularly praised him as an African Mahler. But his voice was unmistakably his own. The Song of Hiawatha, which is a cantata based on the poetry of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, was one of his most enduring works. In fact, it used to receive regular performances in the Royal Albert Hall. Coleridge Taylor was a huge name in his time and truly ought to be in ours. Some of his works drew influence from African and African-American folk songs. This was major for black composers in the States to have a prominent African-descended composer from outside of the States, validating and honouring the music that white Americans disparaged on a daily basis through things like blackface minstrelsy and other propaganda about the inferiority of black people. In 1905, Coleridge Taylor composed an extended suite called 24 Negro Melodies, 
where he composes these emotionally rich and musically technical works based on spirituals and other kind of folk songs. While the word Negro is generally understood as derogatory and archaic, here it is used with pride, and that sense of pride was hugely empowering for black listeners. The piece I want to tell you about is Coleridge Taylor's Moorish Dance, which was published the year before the 24 Negro Melodies collection. Again, the term Moor took on derogatory connotations in relation to people from North Africa. But Coleridge Taylor's music is all about restoring pride and power. When I'm playing this piece, I can imagine in my mind North Africans from the Middle Ages on horses, there are these pervasive galloping rhythms that are a lot of fun to play. And these decorative arabesque patterns imitating the intricacies of Arabic calligraphy. The style is so regal and grand, it's so different to the works of white composers like Debussy who referenced black cultural influences but without any respect, without the desire to honour the traditions behind them. When you hear Coleridge Taylor's Moorish dance, you'll understand why the revival of ancient black histories and traditional folk heritages resonated so deeply in an era that was all about rebirth, renewal and reconnection. Coleridge Taylor was a huge influence on Robert Nathaniel Dett, who was born in 1882 and died in 1943. Coleridge Taylor's treatment of spirituals and other black folk songs illuminated greater possibilities for Dett, who was similarly interested in developing a classical compositional voice along these lines. Like Coleridge Taylor, Dett was a product of the Romantic tradition a tradition characterized by lyrical, song like melodies, impassioned harmonies, and dramatic flair. And again, like Coleridge Taylor, one of Dett's best-known works is a choral one called The Ordering of Moses, written in 1937. Dett was a choral conductor and widely recognised for his work at the Hampton Institute in Virginia, where he was appointed their first black director of music. Spiritual arrangements formed an important part of the performance programmes under Dett's instruction. And as a result, Dett played a major role in shaping the performance tradition of spirituals and black folk songs in choral contexts. Dett also wrote a lot of piano works. One of his best known is a five-movement suite called In the Bottoms, which he wrote in 1914. It's a wonderfully sensitive and evocative portrayal of Southern life in the United States. The piece I want to focus on is called The Daybreak Charioteer, from a suite called Tropic Winter. Mm -hmm. 
It's not geographically grounded like some of his others. We don't hear overt African-American folk influences, but it's very evocative. There is such warmth in Det's piano writing. You can really feel the sense of daylight breaking through. This piece will definitely wake you up. One of Det's students was the composer Zenobia Powell Perry, and in the next episode, you'll hear this influence in her music. As our exploration into Coleridge Taylor and Det has shown, the Black Renaissance might have taken off in the United States, but its influences were much broader, international even. Coleridge Taylor and Det were part of that early generation of Black Renaissance composers. But join us next week to hear the music of the women who took the movement even further. If you liked today's episode, subscribe to the Barbican's Nothing Concrete podcast on Acast, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was recorded by Rowan Lovell. My albums featuring the music in this podcast series are available to buy on the Laurelt label. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.